Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you. Good morning, Dr. Paul. How are you this morning? Doing fine, thank good, you. Good. Uh, we're going to talk about one of our least favorite organizations ever. Yeah. And a person, a doctor, very famous because he was associated, although he was not the kingpin, <laughs> but he, he made the most money. That, the, the organization we're going to talk about is the CDC. Matter of fact, they haven't given up. They haven't backed down. The people are sick and tired of the CDC. They're sick and tired of Fauci. They're sick and tired of vaccines. But, you know, their strategy now is don't give up. Don't give up. They're very determined. So we're trying to figure out a way. How can we force with a gun point to give this vaccine to little kids? Yeah. Oh, they wouldn't do that. They wouldn't do that. They don't use force. And they didn't use force, you know, on lockdown. Yeah. All they did was they made a recommendation and everybody followed tune because uh, there was a race to punish you if you didn't do it. So the states loved. And then the federal government could say, oh, we don't violate uh, First Amendment rights and we don't violate this. This is all voluntary. Well, they're playing that same game now because they're bound to determine to find a way to get around morality, the law, and ethics, and get get those shots into those kids. And uh, it's sickening. Yeah. <laughs> so, but the CDC is going to vote today yes. to put it in with the, uh, the group of uh, vaccines that the kids take routinely. And they're going to... Uh, uh, you know, do, do this, and uh, they're not going to mandate, and not they're gonna, not going to have a vote and say yes. Every kid before he can go to school will have to uh, have the vaccine for COVID. I don't think that's what they're going to do. Yeah. I think they're going to say, oh, it's an important thing, and we're going to recommend it. Yeah, we'll recommend it to the states and uh, and the drug companies. You know, the drug companies even backed off. We're never going to make something that we're going to test. Yeah, <laughs> this way they don't have to test it. And we talked a little bit about that. We, if you don't have to test it, then they have more license to do whatever they want. But that'll come up, and so we'll be uh, watching that vote. But so, but this is something that sort of fits into my concern and your concerns, and a lot of people's concern is how disruptive this is uh, to the uh, medical profession. And uh, as some have pointed out, and Chuck uh, Chuck Baldwin points it out, that it's a real attack on the privacy of the, the ministers and the churches. And of course closing down churches wasn't exactly uh, uh, free speech, you know. Yeah. So anyway, these are tools that they use. This is an excuse. And right now today, uh, it'll, it'll be when it's going to, when it's written out, it'll sound good. But there's already a nice little debate going on between the CDC and, and Tucker Carlson, which uh, Tucker defended himself rather well. Yeah. You know, this is sneaky and evil because, as you say, the CDC says, well, we didn't mandate anything. We don't mandate anything. We simply made a recommendation. And, but everyone you know, says, well, we hold CDC standards. We're up to CDC standards. So they want to have it both ways. Just like we, we talked about Fauci the other day. He said, I had nothing to do with lockdowns. And then there's 50 you know, clips of him saying, well, we've got to lock it down. He also said, I had nothing to do with school closures. Yeah, he didn't stand in front of the school with the gun and say it's closed down. But it's the same thing. Let's put up this first, um, uh, this first JPEG. Uh, and this is um, something from Zara Hedge. CDC set to add COVID-19 vaccines to childhood immunization, childhood immunization schedule. They're voting on it today, as we discussed earlier this week. And as you suggested, 
when Tucker Carlson did a segment on this saying they're going to force this fax on your kids, the CDC pushed back and said, no, this is totally incorrect. This is fake news. And Tucker had a good comeback on that. And let's actually that video clip, if we can put that up and play, I think the first 55 seconds of that and listen to Tucker. Uh, he makes a, a, a doggone good com a comeback to the claims. Here we go. Let's listen to this for for I want to bring you now seconds. an update that we think is important on a story we told you about last night. The CDC Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices was on the verge of adding the COVID vaccine to the childhood immunization schedule. That vote is scheduled for tomorrow. Now, as we said, if that vote passes, children will be forced to take the shot, the shot they do not need, no scientific basis for acquiring it, and the shot that could hurt them. They have to take that shot in order to be educated in the United States in a public school. Well, in response to our segment, the CDC complained on Twitter. They claimed that states and not the CDC establish vaccine requirements for school children. But like so much else that we have heard from the CDC, and it pains us to say this, but it's true. Like so much else they have told us over the last two years, they're lying. And they know they're lying. More than a dozen states follow the CDC's immunization schedule to set vaccination requirements, not suggestions, requirements for children to be educated. For example, the Virginia... So as Tucker says, they're lying and they know they're lying. They indeed intend to mandate these for every kid. And the states do voluntarily, many, most states do voluntarily say, oh, we adhere to CDC guidelines because they come down from on high. You know... This, this brings up the subject that I talk about a lot, and that is lying. Yeah. And, you know, uh, right now, if you think about what's happening in medicine and the Hippocratic Oath and abortion and all these things, it's, it's so far removed, uh, and it is lying. And Fauci, you just opened the program by Fauci lying, Fauci yeah. lying, and here uh, the CDC's lying. But the only way that I really understand this is that uh, they're not lying because there isn't such a thing. Yeah. You know, that, that, that doesn't exist. They, if you lie, you could be guilty of something, but they're exempt. So therefore, they're just, they're just telling their truth, and, and their job is to get people inoculated and for drug companies to make money. But they, they, they do not see that it's lying, and uh, that, of, of course, uh, that's part of the nihilism of a society. And I think that's our system today, whether it's in economics or war, we had to listen to all the lies about why we had to go to war. And uh, it's a, it means that the people are too gullible. And it's amazing that they're, they're so bold as to come up with this after all the tragedy that's ongoing. You know, they, yeah, we backed off. Some people say, well, I don't see too many people with masks anymore. Uh, I see too many, but I see too many and hear too many. And we talk about yeah. too many of the tragic uh, consequences uh, of the uh, vaccine. Well, let's go to a couple of tweets because um, we can always turn to these gentlemen, I think, to, uh, to give us some wisdom. Uh, this first one is from Senator Paul, and he's responding to news uh, on the 18th, which is yesterday. The Moderna CEO says most people don't need COVID boosters and young people should consider not getting the shot, and I'll add, at all. So here's a CEO saying this, and Senator Paul says, with even big pharma tempering their enthusiasm for mandated COVID, mandating COVID vaccines on young people, will Fauci enthusiasts at CDC still vote to mandate COVID vax on kids? Good question. He follows up with another scorcher, if we can put this up. 
and this is, he is commenting on an article saying that the CDC will vote today to add this. And they had a preliminary vote, which was 15 to 0 to add it. And Senator Paul says, this is the same committee that approved booster vaccines for children, despite no evidence that COVID boosters reduce transmission, hospitalization, or death among children. Appalling, says Senator Paul. And then uh, Congressman Thomas Massey, also from Kentucky, joins in. And he makes a great point. This is from the CDC. And it's a little difficult to see down there, but it talks about myocarditis in kids 5 to 11 is less than kids in adolescence as a result of the vax. And Thomas Massey says, so the CDC's pitch for giving COVID shots to children ages 5 to 11, you'll get less myocarditis from these shots than your older sibling did. And that's awfully encouraging. But you know, it's, 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 but it's not a mandate. And, and that's, where, that's where they think they can get away with it. But there's still enough people, thank goodness, that, uh, we, have, uh, that, that we have a few people speaking, speaking out. And Tucker does a pretty good job. And we have a couple yeah. senators speaking out. Yeah. And we have to call attention to it because, once again, I think it's powerful. But the truth is powerful. And even when the mob is out there doing things because they're a mob, uh, the, the truth is still worthwhile. It's the only thing you have left in this mob psychology stuff. And uh, I would think that uh, we sh- if we just uh, work hard at this, uh, that we can win these battles and not let them do it. But, but right now, this, is, this particular vote isn't involved in the... Uh, in the election. The election, yes, has a little to do with lockdowns, but things are better there. So they're going to pass over that. And this is not going to be a deciding factor, but it's, it has to be pointed out that when they're flat out lying, that it's a lie and not, uh, and not just pass it on to somebody else. Yeah. You know, I don't know what you call it if you tell a lie and it's not a lie. It's a lie. A white lie. <laughs> yeah, a real one. Yeah. They should be rely, responsible for it, too. Well, this kind of is the backdrop for why we have somewhat of an unusual title, because that title was borrowed from a piece that our friend Chuck Baldwin, a pastor, wrote a couple of years ago that you've been, you said you've been reading it and thinking about it for quite a while. And it's actually so apropos uh, what's happening today with this vote. And it's pastors and physicians from protectors to predators. He wrote it in 2020, but it's so important, I think, to look back. And you had some thoughts on this. Well, well, yes, because he touches on a subject that I'm very interested in, and he applies it to the pastors, and he is one. And what happened during the lockdown, you know, people couldn't go to their churches, and there's limitation. And the idea that your conversation, he emphasized that, your conversation with the doctors and, and the ministers, it's no longer sacred, you know. you. They, they can, uh, you, you know, find out or lock you down or close the building. And this, uh, this to me is a real attack uh, from my viewpoint, the doctor-patient relationship, because uh, it's the government that becomes the dictator and they're, they're going to decide what they can hear. This whole thing, the best symbolism for what, how ridiculous this is, is uh, it, the, the concept of natural immun- immunity. You know, natural immunity has been around for I, I guess hundreds of years, uh-huh. and it's well known. It was taught in all the medical schools, and uh, there's a lot of very good doctors that still, you know, defend that because it proved that those who argued, uh, it, the argument was so strong that even the CDC had to, you know, 
tip around that now because they, they know it's true. You know, we've had people at the CDC say, yes, <laughs> Fauci in the old days yeah. when he was before Fauci, you know, and he would, say, he would say, well, you know, if you've had the flu, you're immune. You don't have to take it. And here, what do we do with all this garbage that we're going, going through uh, that, that the people who follow all these rules actually have a much greater chance uh, of being sick. So it doesn't follow the Hippocratic Oath. First, do no harm. And in this, in this case, you know, they're doing harm and then lying about it. And uh, that is what we're witnessing today in another vote. Uh, but the whole, the whole thing, you know, um, you have to, I can recall at a time uh, when I was in medicine still, that when people started to uh, visit with me on, on very private things, I, w I quit writing them down because I had to sign the paper too often, people's opinion, the, you know, the doctor's record. So the very personal things, I didn't want to write that down. And, uh, and now, now it's, uh, it makes no difference because every single thing a doctor does, every prescription he writes immediately is in a federal register. It's, it's recorded at the federal government. So this is, uh, this is far cry, uh, you know, uh, the parents have lost a lot of authority in, in talking about the medical care for their children. Uh, these uh, surgeries that changes the sex of a child, yeah. it's atrocious, it's vicious, it's criminal. And the, the, the people who do that ought to be in prison. I mean, this is, this is vicious. You know, I was thinking, you know, maybe five or 10 years ago or earlier than that, we were staunch. We were the protector of the innocent girls, uh, you know, in, in a primitive country. Yeah. They were doing child mutilation, oh, yeah. you know, on, on, on sexual organs. And now look at what they do. <laughs> they do you it. Know? Uh, it's it's just it's just terrible. So I can imagine why Chuck, uh, somebody I know and and respect, why he was back then. He's still doing. He's yeah. still talking and trying to promote you know the principles of uh, of privacy. And he sees the similarity about uh, why there should be privacy with the doctor and the patient and their um, a minister uh, attending to his uh, churchgoers. You know, we had beautiful weather yesterday and I took a little walk and I was talking with my wife and I said, you know, reflecting back, COVID did ruin everything, you know, because it ruined the illusion that we live in a flawed but fundamentally just and rational society. You know, that was all been completely undermined and turned on its head. We had thought once that if we just work on some of the flaws, we could move toward a more perfect society. But the reality is all of the institutions and the people that we counted on to perform their functions, albeit as flawed humans, they completely betrayed us. And I think reading uh, what, uh, what Pastor Baldwin says here uh, brings that home. He says, and he starts the essay with, historically society has deemed pastors and physicians as two of the most sacred callings. Pastors watched over our souls, while physicians watched over our bodies. And we could add to that other you know, aspects of society in the state. They all had a role. And the thing that I think that COVID did, how it ruined everything, is it turned all of that upside down and revealed it for the, um, for the, for the lie that it was, I guess, and society well, fell apart. And what they destroyed was privacy. Yeah. I mean, if you want to summarize it, and <clears throat> yeah, you, they've used the issue of privacy uh, to justify for all these years the killing of a live fetus, a live 
baby or day before birth and yeah. even this it's still going on like yeah. that so that is destroyed and <clears throat> the um, uh, it, it also flo flows over into how you deal with the uh, uh, people who need uh, physical protection and the law enforcement agencies. You know, uh, we've talked a lot about the FBI and the CIA and, uh, who, and, and the best advice that most people get now uh, is, uh, is, is not, don't, don't get, in, get involved with me. He thinking the FBI and the yeah. just think of all these trials going on and, and they turn to be, they turn into sort of like a kangaroo court and uh, they convict people on this and it's, and it's strictly the loss of confidence, loss of trust and, uh, and, and people, you know, just are void of any uh, effort to, you know, tell the truth and think it's very important. And uh, we have to put a qualifier in there because we're appealing to expand the number of people who agree with us yeah. and not them because they're out there and they've just been very frustrated. And uh, if more and more people would speak out, and I just say that people who are inclined to agree, speak out because you don't know how many people you'll influence because that's a secret and you can't even count them, but you gotta speak out. Yeah, exactly. And, and now here's going back to 2020, a couple of the important points that Baldwin made. He said, many physicians have been on vacations for months. Hospitals are still refusing to see patients. We remember this. He said, in fact, physicians and hospitals are being paid by the federal government to not treat people. They betrayed, doctors betrayed people. They betrayed their oath. Um, but he doesn't let the pastors off. He talks about the churches being empty and the pastors being AWOL. And he said, as I said from the very beginning of this nonsense, none of it could have happened without the sheepish, sheepish submission of America's pastors. And he goes on to talk about how pastor uh, has been characterized as a shepherd, shepherding his people. And during this time, the shepherds abandoned their flocks. You know, and, and this whole effort that went on and continues to go on is uh, setting the conditions and the psychological benefits of saying, we have to go with it, the, the government is our shepherd. You yeah. know, and we have to rely on the government because they pay the bills and they protect us <clears throat> and take care of us. And, we, and they'll, they're not even going to send us a bill for the vaccine. Yeah. But it, it is control. It's, uh, it's this, a major step in the direction of a, a weaponizing and a socialized medical care program. And, uh, and, and that control is outside of medicine. You know, it's already in the, in the ministry and uh, in law enforcement. And uh, so it, it is a serious problem. And uh, that's why I think, uh, I think if we continue to be involved in this issue, we won't get bored with nothing to talk about. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, more corruption, and we can go to the next clip because this is in another area. Uh, and this is from Responsible Statecraft, written by Connor Eccles. Defense contractors eye long-term profits from Ukraine war. <clears throat> Excuse me. A new proposal would slash protections against price gouging and ratchet up weapons production well past Kiev's needs. And this is a danger. Let's put on this next one because it's bipartisan, as is all of this <laughs> military spending. Jack Reed, Democrat from Rhode Island and Jim Inhofe, neocon Republican from Oklahoma, proposed a new amendment to this year's NDAA. And I've highlighted this. The proposal would give the Department of Defense 
wartime powers that would free it to buy huge amounts of artillery and other munitions using multi-year contracts. And you made the point, Dr. Paul, and so I pulled up the Constitution. Uh, and let's look at this next clip because it's very, very clear. Article 1, Section 8, Clause 12. Congress shall have power to raise and support armies, but no appropriation of money to that use shall be for a longer term than two years. I think they think they're getting around it. Morally, they're not getting around it with it, and I'm sure constitutionally they're not getting around with it, because uh, even if they're saying, well, we have to be prepared for war and this sort of thing, well, war has to be declared before you prepare for it and start uh, fighting it. And I think when you read about this stuff, it sort of sort of reminds you of the saying perpetual war for perpetual peace and yet you get no peace and uh, the wars continue and then, then you have to go go around as we were advised a long time ago that we shouldn't be doing this looking around for monsters to destroy so that we have an enemy and just look at what we're doing there we right now thank goodness the people we talked yesterday about this the people are getting a little bit frustrated about uh, the monsters we uh, sort of help create and that we've been fighting and spending billions of dollars in Ukraine, and at the same time we're we're ready to send money and get involved in a conflict with uh, China and Taiwan, and uh, and sending vessels around the world. But like I've said so many times, it's limited because uh, this is exactly what has been done throughout history when uh, the uh, empire becomes weakened. Get, the weaker it gets, the more they do this, but they got weak because they were doing it and because they depended on, of course, inflation. And, that, and <clears throat> you say, well, that wasn't happening back there. No, all the way back to Roman times, uh, that is exactly what, what did the same thing there is an immoral system lying to the people. They lied to you about the money. They lied to you about, uh, you know, medical care and the whole works. So <clears throat> this is, this is a, I think, a, a way of sort of putting it in writing that this is perpetual and live with it, you know. Uh, and uh, at, least, at least it's uh, very obvious this was not meant to be by our founders. That, oh, well, this, this is a pretty good deal. Let's just, let's just do it. You know, let's just set it up that for the next 10-year plan, you can have all the weapons you want. They wouldn't even have to come back and get the authorization, it looks like to yeah, me. Yeah. As long as they pass that. So even if they didn't, even if they argue, well, we didn't actually take the money out, but it looks like it's been authorized and, and, and they, they, they appropriate money and spend it all the time anyway if you look at how, how much the, um, the Federal Reserve is involved in their financing. Uh, we do so much of that part of the big problem that we have. And well, yeah, what it means is they're going to open the spigot full blast and just let the money roll out, you know, and unless Americans challenge them on this, it's, it's going to stop. And that's why, you know, we talked earlier today about our show yesterday where we kind of optimistically said, well, uh, McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy from California, if he becomes the next speaker, he might be a little more, more hesitant to standing over billions of dollars in Ukraine. Well, you know, you and I both <laughs> question whether that will actually happen. Um, we know, you were saying before the show that, you know, he's kind of feeling which way the wind is blowing. We talked about several different polls showing Americans are not that enthusiastic at all about sending billions overseas to Ukraine. And he's testing it, but when he gets in, 
probably he's hoping it'll be business as usual. It's amazing how the first anti-spending in military pops up a week or two before the election when the people are starting to say, how long are you going to stay over there? I think they're smart enough to put it together that, you know, they're, they're short money. They can't pay for the food and all yeah. this. Why are we sending it over? The other thing is, is why do we provide uh, such wonderful care for people who are trespassers? Yeah. The trespassers come in, they get places to live, they get their t tents and sometimes their hotel, and they, they always have uh, a bag of groceries with them or yeah. something, but but they're not uh, they're 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 not uh, ignored, and of course they say you you people aren't very uh, compassionate. Well, I think compassion sometimes means that you uh, put some responsibility on people just because a trespasser comes in, and they want to put their tent up. Uh, on your lawn yeah. or they want to put a tent in your garage or in your living room <laughs> that if you refuse to and you don't cook them a meal and put it on a plate that you're not compassionate maybe that's uh, the wrong thing to do maybe maybe if you teach people to do the wrong thing and not be responsible you might get more of it yeah exactly <laughs> no resistance well the question of what this is all about this whole open the spigot full blast here's from the same article this next clip in related news Lockheed Martin announced Tuesday that it plans to expand its production of the high-mobility artillery rocket system, better known as HIMARS, by more than 50%. The decision follows months of positive publicity for the weapon system, right? <laughs> which seems to have sparked increased in interest from governments in Eastern Europe. Everybody wants to buy the HIMARS now. It had its little PR show in Ukraine. It's performing well, so therefore... Uh, the, the commercials are out and they're going to be spending a lot more. We spend for the development and building of it and then Lockheed Martin reaps the profits. An interesting study would be for somebody to go and uh, do a little polling in these big companies like this and find out uh, their real opinion and how upset are they about the grocery bills. I, I think they're probably you know, getting their cost of living increases and, and they're going to be protected, especially the executive branch of, of these companies. And uh, that, of course, is what they're, they figure that's what they're in business for and that's how the stock goes up. And uh, it, it is rather tragic. And uh, we will do our best to continue to expose what we think is uh, evil doing. Yes. Well, I'm going to close out by, which I haven't done in a while, is uh, asking you to go to ronpaulinstitute.org and subscribe for free updates. We do not sell or rent or loan your information to anyone. It's just between us. But we do provide updates. And I wrote last night about PayPal uh, that I will resend today to, today to the people who subscribe today. And after the show's over, I'll put a link in the description of how you can sign up, and again, we don't know what will happen, so we need to keep in touch, and email is turning out, especially as I keep <laughs> seeming keep getting banned from social media for some reason. Uh, it turns out to be the best way to keep in touch, at least for now. Um, and I do want to thank everyone who's watching. Uh, an easy way to help us is to go ahead and uh, click that plus sign right under the, um, our show. Give us some rumbles. That'll help give us more visibility. Uh, it's not that hard to do. Uh, comment on the show, which will help bring uh, it more visibility everywhere. And thanks for helping us keep going. Very good. 
And I, too, want to thank our viewers for tuning in. And we do our very best to find out what's going on on a daily basis. You know, frequently, sometimes we hear something 10 minutes before, and we're really up on things. But uh, it is also difficult to keep up completely. But so far, we've had very favorable responses, and that's what we're here for, because trying to do what the title of our organization said, Ron Paul Institute for Peace and Prosperity, because I so sincerely believe that is achievable, mainly with uh, more liberty, not more government. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.